how to optimize happy, healthy, and successful in your life through Kundalini Yoga with Kara Nicole Batar on episode number 198 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Deeply unhappy to the point that it was just like, I really did hope I didn't wake up in the morning. And and it was like, it was such a confusing thing for me because I had everything that I thought I wanted. I had everything that I had worked so hard for. I had everything that I had planned for. I had everything that I had been told were the things that were going to like make you happy, were going to fulfill you. And so it was confusing for me. Like, how can I have all of these things? Like, I should be happy. I should feel good about my life. I should feel good about myself, but I didn't. Hi, this is Sherilyn Decker, author of Roar Back, where I help women transform struggle into strength. Dr. Brad Miller is here on the Beyond Adversity podcast to help you grow through the experience of going through adversity so you can experience peace, prosperity, and purpose. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful, and this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. This is the podcast where we help you to grow through what you go through, navigating adversity to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. We have a website, drbradmiller.com. We'd love for you to go there. We have over 190 episodes of this podcast where we have great leaders and teachers, doctors, and other professionals will help you to navigate depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death in your life. We have a free gift for you there at drbradmiller.com. Let me ask you this question. Do you ever have a moment in your life when you just feel depleted? depressed, deteriorating. And sometimes is that related to your workplace or to your job, that it's just not in alignment with what you feel like you can be in your most optimal moments. Our guest today had a very successful law practice with some high-powered corporate clients. She was a graduate of Duke Law School, doing well in terms of her life, in terms of her profession, and yet she felt depleted and came to a point where she knew that her success had come at a price of her own psyche and her own well-being. Her name is Kara Nicole Batar. She blogs at com. It's K-A-R-A-N-I-C-O-L-E-B-I-T-A-R.com. She tells this story of how she felt in her life and then what she did about it. She discovered Kundalini Yoga and Optimization Coaching, which she applied in her life to help her to gain a better sense of her life and to gain a sense of success and transformation and 
uh, overcoming the overwhelm in her life. We're going to tell her story today. We're going to tell how she felt about her transition, about how she felt about being in the corporate world, and then what she did about it. When we come back on the other side of the interview, we're going to talk to her and learn some of the applicable uh, takeaway principles that you can take with you in terms of your life, how to apply this to your life, especially if you're not happy in your job, if you're feeling depleted and depressed, and how you can optimize your life for success and health and happiness. And perhaps uh, Kundalini Yoga may be a part of that. Her name is Karen Nicole Batar. She's our guest today on Beyond Adversity. Enjoy this interview right now. That's why today we have an optimization coach and yoga teacher with us. Her name is Kira Nicole Batar, but she comes from a background as of a of a in the legal world as a as a lawyer and where she was involved with the corporate world. She made some decisions to change some things in her life and now is involved with helping you to optimize your life and with yoga. Kara, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. You, It is a pleasure to have you uh, with us today here on Beyond Adversity. And the way we like to talk about things here, Kara, is we really like to hear, we know you have a lot to offer to other folks through your coaching and through your teaching and through being an advocate for yoga. But we know that there is a, almost everybody has a story to tell about something that caused them to make some pivots in their life. So tell us a little bit about where you were in life and uh, not too long ago when you decided to make a pivot. What kind of situation did you find yourself in? And what kind of adversity did you face? Yeah, so I was, as you said before, I was a corporate litigator. I worked for one of the largest law firms in the Southeast. And just to give a little bit more background, so since I was in probably fifth grade, I planned on becoming an attorney. This was my goal. And I worked very hard to this end. I graduated highest honors in high school, and then I graduated summa cum laude from college. And then I went on to Duke Law on a scholarship. And I published while I was at Duke. I also published as a, when I was an undergrad in college. And then I was recruited by, and I went on to work for, again, what I said, one of the largest law firms in the Southeast doing corporate litigation. And in addition to the litigation work that I did uh, for our clients, I also did a lot of pro bono work for victims of domestic violence. And I was eventually named the head of that pro bono project at our firm, which was a relatively large project. And so I'm in this job and on paper, my life looked perfect. It looked like I had everything that I had worked for, everything that I worked for. And on top of that, it was like I had this kind of like prestigious job. I was making a lot of money and I was, I felt very respected and appreciated by my colleagues. And I was doing legal work that would be considered significant legal work. And I also had like the beautiful house in the city and the beautiful wardrobe. And, you know, when I had time, I got to go on nice vacations. And so, you know, my life really did look perfect. But despite this, I was, I would say, 
deeply unhappy, deeply unhappy to the point that it was just like, I really did hope I didn't wake up in the morning. And, and it was like, it was such a confusing thing for me because I had everything that I thought I wanted. I had everything that I had worked so hard for. I had everything that I had planned for. I had everything that I had been told were the things that were going to like make you happy, were going to fulfill you. And so it was confusing for me. Like, how can I have all of these things? Like, I should be happy. I should feel good about my life. I should feel good about myself, but I didn't. So you had this big tension between the outer appearances, corporate ladder and so on and so forth, and your career going well, but the inner life was messed up. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it was like on the outside, I think I I looked too like I had it all together. And I think people would have been surprised to know. And I think people were quite frankly surprised because I did end up leaving this job. They would have been surprised that I was so unhappy, that I was so unfilled, unfulfilled. And it was just like, I had all of this stuff, but there was this part of me that was like, this is all that life is. It felt so... It felt empty to me and it felt meaningless, even though I was doing this work that was, you know, significant. And even though like with the work with the victims of domestic violence, they were so appreciative of what I did, but it was like, you know, they'd be appreciative of what I did or like we'd win a big case. And I'd have this like moment of like, oh, that felt good. But then it just, you know, the, the back, vast, back to, yeah. back to the, uh, the grind, yes, went, right? <laughs> back to the grind. It was just like, but that was just this momentary. And it was just like, well, you know, is this what life is? You have these these moments of joy, maybe when something like that happens, or maybe when you go on vacation, but that's it, you know? And like, is that all that life is? And so I just, it was confusing to me. And I kept trying to make it work. Like I kept trying to make myself happy in this job. I kept trying to make myself feel good. And, you know, there was this part of me that was like, well, once you make partner, then like, then you'll be happy, you know, but right. you know, the thing was, is I saw my, my colleagues make partner and their lives didn't really seem to change that much. And also too, I had done that too many times. Like I didn't really like law school that well. I didn't really like college that well, but it was just like, it was just, there was this constant, like, but it's okay. Because once I get to that thing, you know what I mean? Like once I get that job, once I become that attorney, yes. then, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be fulfilled. Then I'll feel like I have a sense of like worth and value. And when that didn't happen, mm, it was right. just like, I, yeah. And it was like, I was to the point where I was like, I don't think this next thing of making partner, that's not going to yeah. be the answer. It sounded like you also seemed um, in Kara that you noticed, you became a noticer of what other people were experiencing, which was, you just helped me out here. Tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm right, that uh, other people were not nearly as quite as fulfilled in what they were doing as you thought maybe they would be or where you might end up going, being a partner, for instance. You mm -hmm. know, they weren't quite as fulfilled either. And therefore, you know, kind of case or us or us, that, is that all there is here, you know? And am I right at all that you saw evidence in others about this? Where you I did. Uh, yes, you're correct. I saw evidence in others. I didn't see it in everybody. Now, there were some people who really thrived in that job and who felt, I think, who felt very fulfilled by the life that they were living. And I I always want to 
few people sure. because I felt so good around them. But it was so interesting to me too. I, I saw in others though, it was like we set this really high bar for ourselves of like the degrees that we were going to have. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? The, right. the kind of that, that kind of success that we were going to have. But then I felt like we set this really low bar for ourselves in terms of how we actually felt. Mm-hmm. So for instance, when I was speaking with one of my colleagues, I mean, this was an individual who went to Harvard. I mean, he was highly educated. He had worked for a big law firm in New York City. So just really kind of top notch, top of his game, really, in terms of like being a lawyer. And I remember talking to him and I just said, so are you like, are you excited to get up in the morning? Like, do you feel energized by life? Do you feel like passionate about what you're doing? And he was just like, no. He's like, but, but this is what life is. Yeah. And we have it good because we make a lot of money, have a good job. And so, so no, I'm not really, I'm not really excited by life. I can't wait to get a break. I can't wait to go on vacation, Mm -hmm. but like, this is just, just kind of accept it. Like, this is just what life is. And that just like, that, that just like, it's like sucked the life out of me. Like, no, there has to be more. Well, let's talk then about that has to be more because a lot of people have that point of kind of understanding, Hey, I'm not really happy or I'm miserable, but this is the way it is. You know, I got to suck it up is what I hear people say sometimes, especially from my generation, you know, just suck it up and get after it. This is what you got to do. And yet for you, it became not enough. And I think there's a, you know, a lot of folks in this era, the last couple of years of COVID or, you know, the great resignation, you probably have heard that term, people leaving whatever they were doing, but it was not satisfying in order to do something else. But apparently, you know, apparently you've had this moment. There must've been a moment somewhere, Kara, where you said, okay, you know, this is not going to do, I must make a change. So tell me about that moment or that series of moments. Yeah, I think it was a series of moments. It was like, I just, I kept staying in that job and I kept just getting more and more unhappy. Like I'd go home at night and just like go for a walk in the dark by myself and just be like, oh my goodness, like, is this, this can't be life. Or I'd, you know, come home at night and like lay on the floor and cry. But I knew, I knew at a certain point that didn't do any good. You know what I mean? So it was actually a series of moments. And the thing was, it, that job, but it really took me a while. So I really kind of kept myself in a state of unhappiness, trying to make this work, just like, no, this has to work. And also too, I'd worked my whole life for it. So it's just like, part of me was just like, no, I should be happy. And also I've worked my whole life for this. Like this should, this needs to work out for me. And so I had a lot of moments where I just, I felt like something had had to change. But then it was like, it was a conflict. There was this, I didn't have this great mental clarity that, you know, because then part of me was like, well, what's going to change? I have everything. Do you know what I mean? And if I leave this, then I'll have nothing. And so. Because you got to take a leap of faith into that great unknown, which includes uncertainty of whatever is next is not uh, very, very certain. But you did it. You did it. So I did. 
Tell me about the actual transition point. Tell me about when you actually went in to tell whoever the, you know, the head of your firm or whatever it would be that, okay, this is it. And then you also had to share this news with other people in your life, family or friends, colleagues, whatever. There's got to be some tension there. There's got to be some moment there. Let's let's go there, Karen. You, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Mm-hmm. So I finally made the decision that I was going to leave that job. And like I said, it took me years to get up the courage to do this. And I remember sitting in my office thinking like, because I had made a meeting with the partner that I was supposed to talk to. And I was just thinking like, I can't do this. And I remember, I remember like walking down the hall, it felt out of body. Like this is the craziest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. And, and here's the thing too. This is what made it, I think, really challenging for me. And this is something that I did. I don't know if anyone at that firm has ever done this, which is what I decided to do was just to leave without any sort of plan as to what I would do next. So working at a big firm like that, having the resume that I had, if I wanted another job, the firm would have helped me get one because they're so well connected. You know, if I wanted another job, I could have gotten one just even without their help based on my resume. But there was this part of me that was like, if I do that, it's going to be different faces, different places, but I'm going to feel the same. Yeah. So just kind of moving location or moving circumstances, yeah. but not actual changing the what needed to be changed, which had to do yeah. with how you felt. Because you mentioned earlier how you were at the end of your rope, you know, you were desperate. You even mentioned some things about how you just felt, you know, meaninglessness in your life. Mm-hmm. So what did you do then? What was what happened then? So what did you start? When did you start the transition from this leap of faith here to something else? Right. So I left my job. And then um, after I left my job, so again, I was in this confused state. It's not like I had this great mental clarity. Like part of me was like, if I leave my job, oh my goodness, I'm not going to know what to do. I'm not going to have anything to do. And then there was this other part of me that's like, give me two weeks away from this high stress, high pressure job, you know, and I'll figure something out. So what ended up happening was after I left that job, it was like this, the stress and the adrenaline kind of like this, that went away. And it was like, I completely crashed. I went from being able to operate at this really high level to feeling like I couldn't drive somewhere. It was like everything in my body started to ache. I just felt terrible. And I, I eventually realized like, Oh, well, I, I had been operating on adrenaline. I hadn't been operating from a place of like just being energized by myself and by life and by what I was doing. I was just operating based on stress. And so my body was in a really bad state. And the other thing that happened, and so that that surprised me quite frankly, because I had really tried to take very good care of myself. I knew I was working. I knew I had a high pressure job, but I still tried to take care of myself. But the thing that surprised me more that happened after I left that job was you would think that having done everything that I did, having the resume that I had, having gone to Duke, having worked for this firm, even though I decided to leave that, I would still have some sense of value, some sense of worthiness. Like, okay, I'm not doing this now, but I did it. (laughs) But what ended up happening was it was like every shred of kind of self-worth or value that I had, it just like it, when I, with it. I felt completely and utterly 
worthless. I felt completely and utterly like, just like I had no value. And it was such a terrible feeling. And I think I've felt that actually, I felt that way for a long time, but it's like, I didn't fully realize it because I kept kind of, I just kept going, well, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to do this thing. And then I did it and then I had it. And so when those two things happened with my health and with how I felt about myself, what I did was I made the decision. I'm going to give every single thing I have. I'm going to make it my full-time job. I'm going to give all my resources, all my time and all my energy to finding answers, to finding how can I heal my body and to finding, you know, can we have a different experience of this life? Is there a different experience for us to have? And so that's what I did. So you really focus. Here's the pivot here. I wanted to get with you here, Kara. You start to pivot away from external expectations to a physical health and a mental, spiritual health focus. And that transition was a tough one. It may even meant that you had to go through you know, some real physical and emotional manifestations of that. So yes. let's go here. Where's what I want, what I want to kind of focus in, zero in with you now. When you made that decision to do that, what were some of the things that you actually did? What did you do? I'm after, I'm after actions. That's what I want to do mm-hmm. to help my audience. What are some actions that you took? So what I did was I researched and I experimented. So I looked for, okay, you know, what are the different things out there that can improve my health? And so I tried different physical things like saunas and floats and colonics and cleanses. I trained in a number of different modalities. Like I became a Reiki master. I became a Theta Healing practitioner. I trained in something called Splunkna. So like I went into kind of these different modalities to see like, okay, you know, why do they say they work? And I really want to learn. I want to go in depth with them. That's why I didn't just, I really like, I got certified. And I went and saw a number of different healers. So, and I really didn't, I didn't limit. So when it came to me trying these things, what I was after was results. So even if something seemed kind of different or out there, I would try it if I thought it potentially could give me a result. And so, you know, whether it was like a shaman kind of dancing around me with, you know, instruments, whatever it was, like, I really, I, I was like, I want a result. That's what I'm after. Kind of interesting. You still took it in, in a way, help me out see if I'm right or wrong here. You took a little bit of your legal training, some of that process that a legal mind has to have, and you applied it to this problem in your life that you were after results. You weren't just after the experience only, you're after results. Yeah, hundred percent. And I used, you know, part of a large part of what I did as an attorney was I researched and I looked for, you know, solutions to problems for our clients. Like that's what I did. And so I, I took those trainings, I took those skills and I did the same thing and I was really meticulous with what I did. So even though like I did try a lot of things, I was meticulous in how I chose them. And I didn't just jump around. Like I wouldn't, like, I didn't just train in level one Reiki. Like I became a Reiki master. Like I really, you mentioned you were certified and or whatever the process was in several of these modalities. Yeah. Is that correct? Absolutely. And then I would like, I worked in a Reiki clinic for a while and I, I taught myself how to do things like create flower remedies, which is like, it's an interesting thing. I taught myself how to do human design readings. So like some things I would go train, some things I would teach myself and I was trying everything on myself. Sometimes it would be, I'd try it on other people, but again, I was very focused on, I 
you know, I, I wanted a tangible result. Like I wanted to feel different about myself. I wanted my body to feel different. I wanted it to be healthy. So, so yeah, so that's what I did. Well, how did you arrive then? It's, yeah, I know that a big part of what you're about is yoga, a particular form of yoga. And then you, you also are an optimal life coach. How did you kind of navigate through all these different act, you know, the experimentation stage, if you will, to arrive to kind of a place that worked for you? Yeah. So what happened was after a year and a half of doing this, so a year and a half of making this my full-time job. And when I say I made it my full-time job, like I made it my full-time job. I wasn't messing around. This is what I was doing. So after a year and a half, I would say I was in worse health than I was when I was working. And I felt worse mentally and emotionally. And so this was after trying all of these different things. And basically in my experience them, they didn't work for me. And it was one of the darkest moments of my life. So to think that like, I had dark moments when I was working that was really nothing compared to this because this this was kind of the moment where I was like, oh my goodness, what I'm searching for doesn't exist. And so like when I was working, there was always this, this little part of me that was like, you know, it exists. You just haven't truly tried to find it yet. You know what I mean? But right. now after doing all of this- It, it and had to be a dark place. It was a dark place. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so that's where I was after a year and a half. So you'd still kept searching and then you had to go to, it sounds to me, you even had to go to a deeper place even beyond where you're at. Is that fair? I think that's fair. And so when I kind of hit that point, it was like, okay, I'm not that far removed from practicing law. I can go back. Like I can go back and practice law again. But there was this part of me that was just like, keep going. So one day I... I put on a Kundalini yoga class. I did not know what Kundalini yoga was. I I had done yoga for years, but I had not heard of or tried Kundalini yoga. And so I took a Kundalini yoga class. And after that class, I felt different. And so it was like a, it was a palpable and noticeable difference. And so I kept taking Kundalini yoga classes. And the more I took them, the better I felt. And I really committed to taking these classes. And the more I took them, it was like the aches and the pains in my body started to go away. And I started to feel more energized. I started to feel more inspired. And I started to have these, like these kind of these inklings of this worthiness and value that was internal to me. That was not something that I was external to me that I was doing. And so you said something, the fact of that Kundalini yoga has helped you tap into your superpower. Say a little bit more about that and help us define for those of us who just don't know uh, kind of what, you know, a lot of us are familiar with yoga and one form or another, but Kundalini yoga. Yeah. Yeah. So what Kundalini yoga is ultimately doing is it's really tapping you into you into the the power that you hold, into the magnificence that you are, into the knowing and the intelligence that you hold. That's what Kundalini Yoga is ultimately about. And how it does that is because we're dynamic and complex beings. I mean, we, you know, we're in a physical body, but we're not just our physical body. What it does is it addresses all parts of our beingness. So it addresses the physical 
particular, it works on critical systems of the physical body, like the nervous system and the glandular system, the circulatory system, the immune system. It also works on the mind to help one control and direct their mind. It works on an emotional level. So it helps you get rid of and release suppressed emotions and deal with current emotions. It works on an energetic level. So if we look at like the you know, different traditions have different ways of understanding the body. And so when we look at like the chakra system and kind of from an energetic level, it's, it's working on that energetic level and it's doing this through using postures and poses, which, you know, postures and poses are are pretty commonly used in yoga. It also uses, um, a lot of different breathing techniques, it uses sound currents. So it uses from, it takes from the science of sound and it uses mantras. It uses hand positions. So the hands are connected to different parts of the brain. It uses eye positions, again, which are impacting different parts of the brain. It uses meditation and it uses relaxation. And it, it uses all of these things to create a result. And it uses all of these things to really work all parts of us, really treating us as the dynamic and complex beings that that we are yeah physical even metaphysical go all integrated here in the, this process here and mm-hmm. tell me a little bit i'm just a big, big believer that we do have to make a connection between the actions that we take our physical part if you will and the the aspect the healing part of some sort of a connection with a higher power a spiritual plane something of this nature. I believe for people to have true transformation, they have to have some form of that. And a little bit about that transformation for you, you know, the search for meaningfulness had a spiritual element. You've already described it in many ways, but go just a little bit deeper on that. Yeah. So for me, it was, it, what really it came down to was an understanding of who I was. It was an understanding of the knowing, the intelligence, the infinite creativity that I held within myself. So it's like we tend to see ourselves as these very limited beings. Like I'm this physical body. I'm this limited person. There is so much more to us and what is available for us to tap into and to experience. And so, you know, however people want to kind of see it, they can either see it as like, you know, you're, you can tap into infiniteness, you can tap into infinite intelligence and to infinite creativity, or it's almost like you hold that within yourself. And it's a matter of you expressing and experiencing that. And it's like we, in many instances, we're not expressing and experiencing that because it's like we're living from a false sense of who we are. We're living, we're living from these beliefs that we're like these very limited beings that come from a state of like deficiency and lack and powerlessness. And so it was for me really an understanding and a shift in like, who am I? What am I capable of? You know, what is actually, what am I, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. Well, let's shift then, you know, I'm also believer that when we make these shifts here, if we're going to transform, if we're going to go from, you know, being stuck in our adversity, whatever is the job you couldn't stand, you know, the, the dark places to a place. Now you're obviously a young woman with a lot of energy and life and lighting, some great things to offer other people. But some of that has to do with how you change your life in terms of your habits. 
your your mental approaches to things. You mentioned how in the legal profession, you had a very intense adrenaline-filled lifestyle, and I'm sure that it had all kinds of, you know, manifestations of that. Tell us a little bit right now about some of the habits or disciplines or practices that you have now, especially in contrast to what you had before. Yeah. So, so my, my focus is on me understanding the truth of who I am, me knowing me, me expressing me and me understanding truth generally, generally, like that is my absolute priority. That is what I care about more than anything. And so really the discipline for me is like, no matter what situation arises, I'm not so caught up. Like, it's like, I have to kind of take a step back. Like I don't get caught up in the actual situation. The question for me is always like, am I expressing the truth of who I am in this situation? What is the truth of this situation? And so it's like, I've made this decision. Like this is the priority for me in my life. And so what that's then done too is it's it has changed you know my physical habits certainly it's changed my priorities but it really is this kind of kind of whole kind of life approach in a sense it's not that i think like oh i just like you know for me it's meditating 10 minutes a day like that's okay. my discipline you know what i mean which i do believe in meditation i think it's very helpful and i do think it's a good thing to commit to that but it's more of a commitment to me functioning as so as me. And so one of the things that I learned is that we're all unique beings. We each have our own unique set of gifts and talents, and we each have ways in which we're structured to thrive. And so I'm very like cognizant of and very committed to being me. I'm very committed to understanding me. I'm very committed to living in ways in which I know that I thrive. I'm very committed to living in ways where I'm expressing my gifts and my talents. And so it's kind of a more overarching kind of way of life for me. But at the same time, I do commit to certain practices like Kundalini yoga. I do commit to certain you know, ways of eating and just generally ways of, of living my life. Mm -hmm. And you've also have committed to serve others in this process. You've committed to be a teacher and a coach, a optimization coach. You have framed your, what you do and a teacher of Kundalini yoga. So tell us what about what, you know, as you've now chosen to offer this to others, what does that mean? How does that manifest itself? If folks want to go to your website, for instance, or find out more about you in terms of what you have to offer into their life, what are they, what are they going to find that you can offer to them? Yeah. So when I was working at the firm, to me, you know, I'm with these people who are so intelligent, so driven, so committed, so sincere in what they were doing. And to me, it was such a travesty that it was like, not all of them, but a number of them, including myself, it's like we weren't really living these lives that just lit us, that excited us, that we were passionate about. We weren't energized by life. And to me, that's such a travesty. And I know that didn't just occur in my job. I know this is occurring in a lot of people. And and here's the truth. like We're not here just to survive. We're not here just to have this mediocre existence. We can have so much more. I mean, we can have a life where we revel in the magnificence of this experience, where we revel in our own creativity, where we are in love with who we are, where we're in love with others, and where, where we're expressing 
ourselves and our creativity. And so what I have done is committed myself to showing people they can have such a different experience. And it doesn't mean to, I just want to make clear, it doesn't mean they have to leave their job. That was the path for me. That's not the path for everybody. And so what I offer to people is, you know, all these things that I tried that really didn't move the dial for me, that really didn't work. It was really through that experience. Once I really started to get a lot of clarity after I was doing Kundalini yoga, I really started to realize, okay, these things don't work. What does like, what does really work? And so I, I put together programs that I developed and I wrote where I really set forth in an efficient and an effective way, here are the things that work. Like here are the things that can really show you and give you the experience of and give you the result of having a very different experience of your life. And I have two programs. One's called The Foundation and one is called Thoughts. And in those programs, there's a number of things in those programs because what I did is I took the things that really worked and I put them all together in one program. Again, so we get efficiency, effectiveness, and we and people really get a result. Because I understood too, like I understand what it means to be really busy. I know what that life is like. So I structured my program so that even if I was a practicing attorney, I could take this program and benefit from it without right. it really impacting, you know, with and me being able to do it sure. given that kind of that lifestyle. So you've yeah. got some courses here and things and your coaching and your uh, yoga teaching all part mm-hmm. of what you're about but you mm-hmm. also have emphasized several times in our conversation care results so let's talk now about results that people have when they connect up with you tell me about a person or situation that you've connected up with that you've had some influence on that you've seen some results with them and then how that made you feel tell us about kind of a testimonial here yeah so It's really, it's, you know, I have to say, I mean, talk about being fulfilled. It's so fulfilling for me to see other people get results. And so one of the things that I'm, you know, that I teach is like, what you're ultimately focusing on is, is this is internal. That's what we're really focusing on here. It's like you changing or you coming to understand who you are and how you function. And it's so fascinating that once I see people do that, really understand like, this is who I am and this is how I function. It's like their life, like they'll still be going to the same job at the, like first, like when we, you know, they'll still be going to the same job and they might still have the same circumstances in their life, but they feel totally different. They go from this place of feeling hopeless. They go from this place of feeling like they're a failure, even though like they're on paper, they're not, people can still feel as if they're a failure. They go from a place of feeling they cannot have what it is that they really want. And in fact, they shouldn't even let themselves really think about what it is that they really want because that's not possible for them. There's such a shift and that they go, they move into the state of, I feel totally different about myself. I feel different about life. And now I actually believe like I can have the things that I really want and I really am letting myself go there. And they start to step into their power. They start to step into their gifts and into their talents. 
And then what happens is that just can continue for them because it's like you can just keep going with that because who it's like you're not forcing these outside circumstances to change. So you've seen this happen in other folks. You've seen it happen mm-hmm. in yourself and mm-hmm. you want to spread that good news to others. So, so Carrie, how can people find you? Tell us where people can find you if they want to get connected with you and learn more about what you're about. How can people get connected with Kara Dakobatar? So the best way to connect with me is on my website, www.karanicolebatar.com. And I do offer free discovery calls so people can talk to me and we can find out if what I'm offering is really the best fit for them. And on there, you can also sign up for a live stream Kundalini Yoga classes twice a week. They can sign up for those. And if they have any other questions, that's really just a good way to connect with me because all my contact information is on there. We will put all that on our website, drbradmeller.com. And it's been fascinating to have you with us today, Kara. She is an optimization coach and Kundalini Yoga teacher and has this fascinating story to tell and can be helpful to you, particularly if you find yourself in somewhat similar circumstances. She's got a story to tell. So we thank Kara Nicole Batar for being our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast. Thanks so much to Kara and Nicole Batar for being our guest today on Beyond Adversity. She's told quite a story to tell about how she overcome the uh, depressed state in her job, even as a high-powered corporate lawyer, and began to optimize her life through optimizational coaching and Kundalini Yoga. Let's talk about a couple of takeaway points that you can do here. The idea is to not stay in this state, do something about it, to take some action and to search what you can find out in your life to bring you happiness, optimization. And the idea here is to do what's best for yourself, soul, mind, and body. On her website, karanicolebatar.com, that's K-A-R-A-N-I-C-O-L-E-B-I-T-A-R.com. Among other things, you're going to find the Soul Realignment and Manifesting Blueprint sessions and some uh, sessions about Kundalini Yoga, which you may find applicable to your life and to help you to make your own decisions, your own process to optimize your life and to make your life happier and healthier and more successful based on what you are all about. Here at the Beyond Adversity Podcast, we're all about being helpful to you to navigate adversity. We believe adversity comes in several different forms, including depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. And we have over 190 episodes of our podcast at drbradbeller.com to be helpful to your life. We have a free gift for you there at drbradmiller.com. We hope you'll take advantage of that and tune in again with us every week as we have either guests or teaching that will help you to grow through what you go through and to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Until next time, friends, this is Dr. Brad Miller from drbradmiller.com inviting you to continue to do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.